0: And good morning listeners, welcome to another edition of Green Left Weekly, on this very wet morning. So but, a wa- but a warm one, <laughs> yeah, actually. It. It's always been 19 degrees, uh, but it's very wet.
1: Yeah, good morning from Jacob and Green Left Weekly Radio. Uh.
0: And um, we've got Dennis as well.
2: Yes, uh, Yes. If you, can, if you can hear me.
0: Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Yeah? Wonderful. I think there's something wrong with the headphones, I think. Mm -hmm. We had them um, all over the place. Anyway, so we've got a a full-on program this morning, and we shall start off with a bit of a news roundup.
1: Well, I usually like starting um, these sort of discussions up with probably like the more sort of exciting kind of developments that are happening in politics right now. Um, Suffice to say, I don't think there's anything really exciting (laughs) happening in Australia (laughs) for the past week or anything that's significant. but in um, over in Britain, I think the the lead the um, race for uh, the leadership um, for um, Jeremy Corbyn has been quite exciting. With um, uh, for so some background Sorry. information that might be in um, some previous um, free sessions, is um, the Parliamentary Labour Party um, has put up like a new, there's an election for a new lead for a leader um, that Jeremy Corbyn's going to be running in, but. As a bureaucratic kind of move, the Labor NEC, well... I National Executive Council, yeah, that's right. ...sort of passed a motion while Jeremy Corbyn and the rest of his sort of supporters weren't in the room after they left the meeting to increase um, the membership fee to, I think... £25. Uh, per
2: pounds. £25. Pounds From
1: £20. Yeah, which is like the equivalent to like 40 Australian dollars. Um, yet there's been... A, yet despite that um, significant increase... Um, there 's been a surge in party membership We have over one hundred and eighty three um, thousand um, people signing up to join labor and were um, to pay that which is very significant um, and the fact that I think um, at this point it looks like Jeremy Corbyn is definitely going to win um, the leadership
2: well when you said it when you said it 's a labor <laughs> part, a labor u uh, k labor Party leadership race. Uh, Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's the only. That's the only thing I I disagree with you, there, Jacob. It's not a like. It doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like a race. It feels like a a gallop. uh, It feels like a horse galloping compared to a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Yeah, it's. uh, I mean, I mean, Jeremy Corbyn has brought this. Is something that's that's very important uh, to to share. Jeremy Corbyn has has brought 300,000 new members to the UK Labour Party. That's more members than UK has had in total in this millennium. Uh, right. Is that total po- political? It's, no, it's, it's, uh, it's 390,000 yeah. people,
0: exactly, yeah. people yeah. and it's over growing.
2: half over half a million members. And, and that also also <laughs> also that does not, that does not include affiliated members. Or supporters. So this yeah. does not actually include the also the also different um, union members who are also who are affili- uh, who are basically members of the Labour Party through the union yep. or, or or what they call the affiliated supporters. Uh, and the interesting
0: all. thing is um, the Liberal uh, Liberal Democrats, the Greens, and the Tories. If you combine all their membership, yes, it's about.
2: I'm not exactly sure if uh, uh, a Labour Party membership has surpassed. Expressed all of them, but yeah, labour labour is has the yeah, well, labour is the biggest party. Yeah, the it's, it's the
0: total of all the other parties put together is still less than the mm-hmm. current Labour Party uh, membership. That's yes. the interesting part. Pe- yes. People are really joining up head of office because of a three pound membership, but now they're up to twenty five pounds. Apparently, people are actually running um, crowdfunding to be able to join up for that's those right. people who can't afford it. That's right. So that's it's right. it's a race. It's it's absolutely a gallop, as you say. You know, it's just oh, yeah, really fire up.
2: Well, it's, uh, well, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's been there's been a lot of com- commentary regarding the uh, the rise of well, uh, re- regarding Jeremy Corbyn and regarding particularly this uh, this leadership uh, election which has been forced by the blairites uh, by the Blairites within the Labour Party, and uh, probably some of the best one, some of the best analysis came from. Um, and people like uh, Richard, uh, uh, Richard Seymour, who's the author of uh, uh, of uh, Corbyn: The Unlikely Rise, uh, the, sorry, The Unlikely Rise of uh, uh, Jeremy Corbyn. I, I think that's the title of his book. Highly, I highly recommend it. Um, basically, saying that the uh, the the uh, the coup by the Blairites was was carried out at the worst possible time for them, and at the worst possible time. Um, uh, for it, basically, for it, for it to succeed. Well, at the same time, like um, uh, Cor- uh, Corbyn was was finally able to draw in, uh, was basically finally able to uh, uh, bring bring the Labour Party into the position of an alternative rather than just the opposition in the UK. In yeah. the UK. And what uh, what what's more, what's more curious is that just this uh, just, uh, just this morning before before coming in, I saw a bit of. Um, uh, so, uh, part of a, uh, so part of a talk given by Alex Salmond, who is the, um, the who is who is who was the leader of the Scottish National Party, was now who is now in uh, in Westminster, actually uh, defending uh, Jeremy Corbyn as well, quite um, uh, quite uh, quite strongly, vigu- uh, quite, yeah, quite strongly, quite quite vigorously. So he, he's definitely he has, d- he has definitely brought about this real pol- this real political alternative in the project of the Leo Party, and this is why the. Uh, the Blair Establishments who are basically share far more in common with the with the Tories than than do with Labour labor membership, has not liked them very. Uh, has not liked to appreciate them very much. Um, so I believe that uh, this uh, leadership election, you know, if it, if it, if it, even though a lot of effort needs to be put <laughs> to bring to bring Jeremy Corbyn back onto into into the leadership of the of the party. What this gives them uh, is an opportunity to turn the Labour Party from, you know, an, an electoral machine from an electoral machine for one side of the establishment to a real workers' party, hmm. of uh, to a real mass workers' party of over a million members, which I'm sure they can uh, succeed. To achieve that. Yeah. And
0: the so interesting thing, thing about the Scottish National Party is they had a, a vote for by the Trident, Trident right, yeah. which is two, it's going to cost some two hundred five. Billion pounds, which is atrocious because people uh, yeah. are suffering austerity, mm-hmm. um, and yet they can afford to spend this amount of money. And it's, it's not going to be spent in one one lot. It's going to be spread over several years. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, the the interesting part is the Scottish National Party, except for one person. No, no,
2: the entire the entire Scottish no, National one Party.
0: One person didn't vote for that it. That was the Tory. Yeah. Anyway, they they had. Maximum support yes, yes. Um, against the Trident. Yes. And the uh, Labour Party uh, argued strongly in the, in the Parliament, so did the uh, uh, so, uh, Scottish National Party against the Trident. Of course, it went Not
2: exactly. Uh, not, not exactly all Labour Party. Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Jeremy the Corbyn. Corbyn's uh, faction,
0: I suppose yeah, exactly, you can yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think 80% of the Labour Party voted for it. That's the problem. Yeah. They've got a massive problem with the split in terms of. The way the way um, <clears throat> I was talking to somebody and, and they put it is that you've got the parliamentary leadership in a war with the ordinary membership of the Labour Party, and that's the I think it's a very uh, good way of um, describing it at the moment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's exciting in England. And after the disappointment of Saunders caving in, I guess you know you would just have Corbyn mm-hmm. to follow at the moment and see what. Well, Joel. Well,
2: oh, <laughs> there's been the rise, uh, interesting rise of Joel Stein to help at least. Fill, fill up part of the void in the United States?
1: Um, yeah, I think that's actually pretty significant because yes. um, previously, um, actually, um, I guess you have to thank Sanders, actually, in some way, because Sanders yes. has managed to sort of, you know, radicalise, you know, millions of people in the course, and, of course, then he caves in. Mm-hmm. and But a lot of people uh, have responded, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm actually going to... Um, they start looking to the Greens Party, who's actually... Yep. The Greens Party act, is actually more radical, more left-wing than Bernie Sanders and goes much further mm. to the left than... That's uh, very good. Stein's very good. Um, but, uh, of course, um, what what's... My prediction, probably what, hopefully this um, doesn't happen again, but there was previously... I think it was the 2001 elections um where Ralph Nader um was running. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Ra- Ralph Nader won a significant amount of votes, but um he was accused um by the democratic establishment of being a spoiler and essentially letting and George W Bush But of course that is what the democrats do except exactly. yeah. it's in the all how they you know yeah. keep in power and keep um they um, de-radicalize, you know, the social movements and um, the sh- um, shifting left-wing consciousness.
0: But the key thing to remember is that <coughs> the political revolution, so to speak, that Sanders started is not going to be just be put back in the cupboard and the door's shut. Yeah. They are following their own pathway, and one of the pathways they're following is joining the Greens because the <coughs> um, somebody, I, I saw an interview with Stein, she was saying that members are joining up hand over fist in the US to the Greens party, which mm-hmm. is good news. So they're channeling all that. You know, energy that Sanders whipped up I guess with his sort of alternative leadership into another pathway which is fantastic which is mm-hmm. much, the Greens party is much more established they, they are quite happy to, to oppose the, the two traditional parties mm-hmm. so that's good good news in, 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 a, in, a, in a way mm-hmm. it's, it's much much better than you know, being a Democrat and then giving into business yep. would have been much, much worse. Yeah, but anyway. it, it's pretty exciting, mm-hmm. yeah, I
1: think, in the case because, you know, politics in Australia seems like it's progressing so it's slowly. Or and not yet, <laughs> progressing <laughs> at all. Or not, yeah, or not <laughs> progressing at all. Yet you see these really exciting, rapid developments <coughs> in both the United States and Britain. So yes. there is actually hope for Australia in yes. some way.
0: Talking about Australia, but yeah. well, we've launched straight into international news, guys. Yeah. Well, anything um, exciting happening locally? Well, in.
1: Uh, well, there's, um, I'll just read a sort of an article, article from Greenleaf Weekly before we go into one of our interviews. But, um, in Sydney, um, the MUA, um, took place in, well, um, the Wharfies staged a global actions for better conditions. Um, the, on July 8th, the Maritime Union of Australia, MUA, joined waterside workers from around the world on, in, um, to highlight the issues, um, faced by wharfies internationally um, every port in australia had an action of some description with most ports taking to the streets to raise grievances about job security safety and workers rights um, the event was hailed like as a great success because you know um, jordan jordy Argend, IDF General corps said, This is the first time the world will carry out a collective action which highlights the contribution of dock workers to the world economy and which speaks of the, the professional risks um, involved in their work. This action will display the resolve for their, these workers to defend not only the security of their jobs, but also their work conditions, dignity and collective bargaining power. MUA um, Assistant National Secretary... Warren Smith commented from Port Island. Congratulations need to be extended to the IDF and IDC for a truly inspirational day of International Solidarity that showed the capacity and the ability to organise warfies worldwide.
2: Mm, excellent. Well, uh, MUA is probably one of the most, I would say, the most internationalist of all of all unions here well, in Australia. It's
1: because the job itself is quite yeah, internationalist. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, now it's it's well, it's been um, mm, it has been a bit of a quiet time for the wofies in the last. A couple of uh, few months or so. There yeah. uh, hasn't been much happening since the Portland uh, dispute. Yeah, uh, But um, uh, the Maritime Union of Australia has actually been quite, uh, sorry, in the meantime, I've, s- I've noticed MUA has been quite supportive of uh, the comrades over at the CUB, the, yeah. the, co- the ETU and AMW comrades. Oh, ah, yeah, you know, yeah. over, 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 over at the breweries in, in Abbotsford. Uh, uh, which, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, it's it's, uh, it's always feel like it's it's great that we have uh, like a union like like the MUA to um uh, well uh, help help organize all these uh, actions. Mm.
1: Yeah. And so, any other what other kind of news is sort of happening in Australia right now? Like
2: well, well, uh, since we since we mentioned the CUB, I thought that we that we actually have an, we actually have an article here uh, written by none other than none other than Sue. Just. Uh, Bring bringing a bit of uh, background information and uh, update on the um, <coughs> sorry on the on the on the dispute over the Carlton United, United breweries. I mean, last week last week we invited Steve Steve Distan, who is the ETU Electrical Trades Union organizer, f- uh, at the site to talk about talk to us about um, uh, the, uh, the, the the strike. But we I th- we thought it was important uh, to also help. Um, uh, dig, a bit, dig a bit more into, into the background And uh, just, sh- just show what's, um, you know, what's, what's, what's at stake here So this, The Carlton United Brewery so Is owned by multinational Beer, con- sorry, beer conglomerate S.A.B. Miller As we mentioned on the show last week S.A.B. Miller made $4.4 4 billion dollars in operating profit In 2015 And its CEO Alan Clark is estimated to receive $62 million in earnings this year so in 2015-2016, Miller paid zero tax in Australia. It, al- it also prepared preparing to merge with another beer giant, Anastasia Buchen- Buchenbev, in a deal worth $104 billion. So this newly merged company will control the overwhelming majority of the beer market internationally, including Australia. Um, uh, they've, also, they've also mentioned that Seb Miller uh, uh, has also mentioned that the tax t- is legal, Because it has no direct contractual relationship with the maintenance crew, crews laid off, as it has been without, with one subcontractor, it is merely passing the contract to another, to another who will simply assert the workers' pay and condition its own discretion. So they, so basically, long story, long story short, the 55 electricians, fitters and maintenance workers that were, you know, sacked and then offered their jobs back with a 65% pay cut, they are, they basically they are basically doing what's um, what has become so so common across across all of the uh, uh, so many so many of the uh, of the of the big companies in Australia so sub, subcontracting subcontracting out labor hire uh, to, to labor hire and work and work firms in order to um, uh, basically um, basic, basically keep. Keep the, union, keep the unions, keep the ABA's at, at an arm's uh, length and prevent any, like, you know, any proper action mm-hmm. being, under, being under, undertaken
1: yeah. against them. And um, they still need your solidarity and support, so you can support the action um, at where. yes
2: it was um, at um, uh, Southampton Crescent in Abbotswood. Mm-hmm. So from 6 a.m. 6 a.m. 6 p.m. Monday to, Monday to Friday, the comrades over there, comrades over there, holding a picket and. Uh, a, a, uh, basically pick- picketing outside the uh, the, uh, the brewery, so ca- come down there. And um, also, also very important, the workers have called for a boycott of for all Carlton United products, which include Car- Carlton Cascade, Crown, Victoria beer. Fos- Fosters, well, nobody's going to miss that. <laughs> uh, Matilda Bay, Melbourne Bitter, and uh, others, so please don't buy those yeah. beers. So, yeah, yet. if you're
1: at a pub, um, make sure you don't let your friends buy you those um, beers. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but you,
2: well, I think one thing is clear, though, Jacob. Uh, you never, ever, ever let your friends buy Fosters, regardless of who, yeah. re- re- regardless, regardless <laughs> of, you know, what is happening with it.
0: All right, guys. This is Green Left Weekly Radio. If you've just tuned in, and we've got Hope Matambo on the line to talk about um, the rally we had last uh, Sunday, the Black Lives Matter rally, and also talk about racism in general. Because you know, we've got Hanson elected, we've got Trump at the fore in in the U.S. I think it's, it's a good time to just examine what what's really going on and, and you know, how um, it's all going to pan out, who knows. But Hope has certainly has good experience because she is from South Africa and uh, she's uh, been in Australia for a long time, but very familiar with the, the concept of racism. So welcome, Patricia, uh, Hope. Morning, how are you? Good, good, good. Thank you very much. And Hope is also um, a, a um, producer... She's a programmer, actually, on Tuesday morning breakfast and um, very familiar with our uh, setup here. So, okay. Now, you went to the rally last Sunday, Black Lives Matter, Hope.
3: Yes, I did. Um, It was just a a gathering um, to show solidarity uh, with uh, African-American people in the U.S. Um, after the killings, uh, the murders of two men, Alton Sterling um, and Philando uh, Castile, but uh, I guess it goes it goes deeper than that because um, I, I guess their recent murders, uh, I think, was the last straw. Um, but of course, things things are continuing, and you know, you saw that story. I can't remember his name, but there's been another man who was shot who was trying to help. Um, a man with autism mm-hmm. and he was shot and there's new video evidence of that. So I guess it's it's been a long time coming and the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on for some years now. But I think those two cases of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling really tipped everything over and, and so um, you know the rally was there to to highlight our solidarity with African American people but also to highlight what Aboriginal Australians go through um, here in Australia and to also to highlight what um, African Australians go through here in Australia because racism is very much alive and well as you're saying yes. and um, <laughs> you know things in terms of police brutality of course we're lucky here in Australia that it doesn't happen on the scale that it does in the u.s but people should uh, should remember that it, it does happen here when you look at aboriginal deaths in custody it happens in other ways it manifests in other ways when you look at profiling um of of of, uh, of black people and it, it happens in other ways you know institutionally in terms of um of of black people not receiving um the same amount of consideration when it comes to jobs, when it comes to housing. So it manifests itself in other ways, but I guess we should be lucky that we don't have as many guns. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. so it's easily available to, to just fire off when you feel you know, bad about something or other. But one, yeah. of, the, one of the things I wanted to explore is the, the connection between racism as a phenomena and the political system or political ec- economic system. Um, mm. You know, we, we talk about how capitalism is, is linked to racism or to how capitalism uses racism um, in the process of dividing people so they're too busy worrying about these divisions as opposed to actually uh, countering the broader political um, system. I just wonder uh, what you thought about that because you've got you know, a lot of experience um, around the world, you've been to Mexico, you, you, you uh, certainly have first hand knowledge in South Africa so how does uh, that sit with you?
3: Um, well, yeah. I mean, the links between capitalism, capitalism and, and, and racism, or or even classism. I, for capitalism to function, I guess there has to be there has to be a, a working class, or like um, or, or, or even a slave class is, is how I, I I see it, to be honest um for for people for 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 the one percent um to keep to keep getting richer i mean everything that we have is built on on um on colonialization it's built off of Um, you know, the, the enslavement and free labor of people for centuries and, and every, and everywhere you see this. So, of course, in, in America, there's, there's slavery. Um, you know, there's a history of slavery in South Africa. I guess it's, it's the apartheid system and, and colonization. And in Australia, of course, um, colonization. But now, since, um, you know, countries, have said, okay, you know, we've gotten rid of 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 slavery or that sort of thing. Um, um, even though officially that's the case, we still have um, all of those um, structures in place. So all of those, uh, you know, institutionalized racism and white supremacy is still very much in place when you look at who owns, you know, the majority of 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 companies and where these companies are operating. So I'm really interested as well. Um, in terms of um, of the role that that capitalism plays in, in, in the African context, so um, in South Africa, you know, pre- poli- even though we've gotten rid of uh, apartheid, dismantled apartheid, and it's mostly um, you know uh, black government that's in power, police brutality is still there. You still see this in you know in the mine strikes at Marikana, in in the in the murder right. of environmental activists. Um, and you still see this white supremacy manifested in different ways because those mines and those companies, uh, one of those companies where the environmentalist was murdered is an Australian-owned company. Um, and then you also see this, um, you know, there's a new sort of... Um, um, the, the influence of China that's coming in now, so China in, in Zimbabwe and in China in, in other African countries sort of uh, dismissing some of that debt but bringing in their own workers so that workers within those African countries, so in South Sudan and in, in Zimbabwe and in Mozambique, though, uh, people who are living there don't have the opportunity to, to, to work or get jobs because China has kind of come in with a sweet deal for the for the governments um, and, and then the governments have allowed them to sort of come in and dictate their own terms further meaning that um, that, that that local people don 't have the opportunity to for employment and and that sort of thing so you see you see all of this manifested. In in various ways, and it was born out of colonialism, um, and there's elements of racism, but capitalism is there to kind of keep um, to, to keep people separate in terms of class, um, and and it's there. So in in terms of of Australia, just even um, what was revealed in terms of the government. Um, the um, sorry the the visas so so people uh, who are working offshore getting certain visa exemptions and the parallels people have made just kind of looking at how we treat asylum seekers people who are, are, are seeking asylum but then of course um all these exemptions being there for for offshore workers mm. so of course whenever money is involved or capital is involved um, you know, people, it's fine. You're good to go. It doesn't matter what, what skin color or That's race right. you are. <laughs> but when human rights are involved, then, 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 then you see all these things, you know, manifest you, you're not good enough because of the color of your skin you're not good enough because you don't speak good English, and in this I acknowledge my own privilege, you know, even though I'm black, I, you know, my status is better because of the education that I've had, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of the model migrant, if you will, yeah. but for other people <laughs> who've kind of come here in different ways, they, they really do struggle um, mm. because of, because of uh, language, because they can't advocate for themselves and and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. Of here, yeah. Mm, it's amazing how widely prevalent and, and influences racism has across the board in many ways. Now, Jacob's yeah. here, and he wanted to ask you a question. Yeah, now.
1: my question is, um, you sort of gone, um, you know, of of you know the problems of racism, you know, and how it's sort of linked to, you know, capitalism, and I kind of wanted to hear your perspective, you know, how can we kind of defeat, you know, racism you know, in, in society, like, you know, in terms <laughs> of, like, bit. tactics, strategy, and... What kind of what what needs to be kind of done mm.
3: learning and and immersion to be honest um, you know if you if you don't know anything about a couple, like you know just get a wide variety of friends i think is 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 the main thing and, and the more that people can sort of undo that fear that has been created by by governments. That has been created by, you, you know, even people like Sonia Kruger. A lot of it is fear mongering. A lot of it is, you know, and, and, and look. And this is simplistic the way the, the way that I'm putting it, but that is also the first step. It's like. Oh, hang on! I've I've got a Muslim. If Sonia Kruger really had a Muslim friend or knew anything about Islam, I, you know, I bet you she wouldn't be saying most of those things. Probably the way that she interacts with these people is probably like, oh yes, I bumped into Walid Ali and his wife once, and and we both drank, you know, water or something. But but you know, you've got to go out and yeah, eat the food. You've got to volunteer. Volunteering is also a very good way um, to to keep in touch with people who are not like yourself and. But these days, you know, we're distracted. And, and this is what governments want. They want to distract us with, I don't know, Pokemon Go. They want to <laughs> distract us with, with things that, that, yeah, they're playing on our fears. So we have to find a way to dismantle, dismantle these fears and be like, you know, am I really in danger? You know, what is life really like for people who are not the same as myself? and and that is the first step it's immersion and getting to know each other and then you can build from there you know build your own thoughts from there yeah
0: mm-hmm. it's a cliche isn't it i am not racist but or it's I, yeah. I have i have muslim friends i have black friends and that qualifies them to be experts in in the the topic of racism it, it always amuses me when they say that i immediately switch off right here we go you know yeah. it's a very stereotypical way of um, intervening for lots of people um, <clears throat> the the other thing I want to ask you is, um, you know, you work with um, a lot of people in the in, in your everyday line. How do you find um, racism manifesting in in your work? If anything at all, because that's that's one of the, the areas that we have big issues with as migrants. Um, you know, you, I remember one one survey they did or a research they did that a migrant has to try like 60, 65 times more uh, compared to a Anglo person applying for a job, which I thought um, was incredible figures. So do you yeah. you come across any of that um, manifestation at work?
3: Um yes well i guess i work in um I'm, I'm responsible for working with migrants and refugees so in in that you know people are looking for um looking for a um in that people are looking for a brown a brown face already so in some ways, um, you know I'm at an advantage because they 're like okay you 're a brand person you 're here to work with the other brand people <laughs> but that, that in itself it, you know can be inherently racist because then you you've just kind of become the token person to work with all these other token people That's right. so it works to to my advantage and to my disadvantage so in some ways i feel very comfortable in that sector because i'm called upon um, to to work in 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 multicultural issues but on the flip side of that i guess and and this is where i really love aboriginal community controlled organisations on the flip side of that the messages Get diluted. Then you're just kind of going out to work with all sorts of migrants and refugees, and people don't really pay attention to the differences in your own culture and the culture of other people. So dumping multiculturalism into one kind of can also leave some some voices out and, and can leave some uh, I guess some some important conversations out around classism and and colorism within our own communities um, because we don't get to control the narratives, whereas um, i really love aboriginal community controlled organizations because they can control and organize themselves and so they should and discuss everything from that political lens and discuss things from from the lens of you know wanting a change in, in the form of a treaty um, on the flip side when not in my sector um you know racism is very much alive and well you know only now people have started talking about diversity but when i first started working um you know it was really hard to to get a job it was really hard to you know you couldn't quite figure out what was what went wrong in interviews or why you didn't get called back i'm really lucky because you know my first name my the name my parents gave me hope you know sometimes people find it upbeat and wanna and want to find out more, but if everything was impronounceable, then I don't really know where it would be mm-hmm. um similar to uh, uh, you know sim- I've heard these stories from a lot of people who are my who are my friends. Um, who've got more complicated names to pronounce. So it's really, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, on that note, thank you very much mm-hmm. for being available this time of the morning yeah. um, to talk to us about this jumping in a broader broader way because that rally on Sunday was um, the, I guess, it, epitome of the frustration felt by people. And, uh, in, in a way, it was a reaction to... Pauline Hanson being elected as well. It was a statement in, in, in many ways uh, yes. while being in support of the Black Americans um, a campaign where, you know, Afro- mm. Afro-Americans are being killed. But it's good to get your perspective and thank you very much. Mm. Thank you,
3: know you so much for having
1: me. Thank okay. you. Take care. Bye. Hi. So um, that was a great interview and um, actually it's a perfect time to talk about um, this article um, written by Ken Kang and Raul Bassi, who are members of Indigenous Social Justice Association and Social Science. Um, their article is about, you know, Black Lives Matter here. Um, in this article, they talk about, you know, the kill, um about, you know, the links between, um, you know, black um, Black Lives Matter and um, in America and um, the de- and um, the deaths in custody in um, of Indigenous Australians in um, Australia. Um, they kind of they make the kind of point that you know. Um, well, there's there's link the link the differences are that you know in um in America it's like in full front full it's no it's it's covered by the, um, It's actually covered by the corporate media, and the killings of you know African Americans and like you know it's all out in the open, and you know the corporate media covers it. Whereas the difference, and in, in some ways, that is like you know led to a much more stronger sense of resistance and a stronger movement
2: and a stronger, like much stronger awareness. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, much. Uh, where,
1: whereas in in you know unfortunately in the case of you know Australia, many. People who would know about, you know, many Australians would know, possibly would know about, you know, the Black Lives Matter, Mm, you know, the the shootings of African Americans, but they would not know the same thing about, you know, deaths in custody. And the reason for that is because it's completely done behind closed doors and, you know, in remote communities in the Northern Territory. Exactly, yeah. um, It's, you know, it's... But the, and the corporate media completely ignores the fact that these killings are happening. Um. And uh,
2: but I, I think it was actually really uh, the, from the rally that that uh, that I saw in, in Melbourne here on, here on Sunday. Like it, what, the the message of the of the you know the. Black Lives Matter, uh, matter here included you know, included this this call to end deaths in custody, yeah. which I thought which I thought yeah. uh, was and, was and really this good. Is,
1: and this is what Ken Canning and Rao actually write here. They write here that you know solidarity with the U.S. Um, Black Lives Matter movement here has to start with incorporating the deaths in custody movement. Um, the campaign will have to break through the barriers put up by governments, police forces, and police associations, the justice system, and the media. And he, it makes a very firm point here that, you know, both here and in the US, we have to call out these deaths for what they are, expression of racism, which is not only in the police force, but in society more broadly. We need to develop a powerful movement confronted with Aboriginal people at the lead. We need to involve all democratic organisations, unions, student ethnic, and social groups to work together. This will be the only way to defeat this institutionalised race and without justice there is no peace. And that's kind of the final concluding comment that um, Rao mm. um, Barsi and Ken Canning um, um, conclude with. Mm. Um,
2: and also, also, it's important to mention that uh, just this uh, this week, uh, this past couple of weeks, have also been uh, n- the different Naidoc marches and events taking place in Australia. Also, in Melbourne, uh, the march it actually it says here that it was has been the biggest since 1970. It's about 1,200 people marched through Melbourne on July 8th. And the National Aborigines and yeah, Island Island Day Observers uh, Committee, which is Naidoc. In the rally demanded uh, treaty now, land rights, and stopping deaths in custody. So we had um, veteran activist Robbie Thorpe uh, was uh, was leading it. Said it was a good time to be standing up strong for what what we've always uh, uh, believed in. Um, and also just just this week, uh, uh, that just this week um, uh, on Tuesday on Tuesday evening, the Victorian Trade Trade Hall held a uh, held 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 a um, and a an, Naidoc an event uh, over, over there to 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 to, rec- to recognise and, uh, and and rem- and remember the indigenous uh, heritage co- uh, culture and um, you know support calls for uh, for so- sovereignty uh, in the land. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been. I feel like I feel like we've, feel like we've, def- we've definitely seen more. Uh, quite a, a bit of a rise up in, uh, in indigenous activism in the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And of course there was also this uh, other, other indigenous, uh, indigenous brother, I forgot his name, the one who uh, g- uh, gave Paul and Hanson the verbal, the verbal, verbal, uh, political dress, uh, dressing down, so, so, so to speak, against, mm-hmm. against her views uh, uh, against the, Aborig- the Aborigines.
1: I think in the corporate media he's been labelled an extremist, which oh. is complete. The it seems like opposing it's like this whole old corporate media line opposing extremism, which is like in case racism or fascism makes mm. you just as extremist as the other people, which yes. is uh, which is completely ridiculous. Um, that particular Indigenous actress, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is also a lead singer of, uh, of a really good band, The Dispossessed, so I'll right. just sort to plug that in. So. <laughs> <coughs> um, oh, I thought, I thought Lali was going to say something. <laughs> no, 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 I was
0: just thinking we should, we should um, um, look at this ABC issue. A new managing director has been appointed, I think the first time they've got a, a female uh, managing director, and she is called Michelle Guthrie.
2: It seems like the most pro. The most. Was it, is it? Is, is it just me? Is it, does it seem like the most <laughs> pro-business managing yes. director they've ever had?
0: Well, she she was a former managing director for Fox, Murdoch oh, sh- and Google agencies. Has sh- never worked for a public broadcaster, lacks media or journalism qualifications, and has never produced content. Her first order of business was monetize the ABC, cancel the ABC's fact-checking unit called uh, uh, Unit, cancel the drum and begin a culling season at the ABC. Mm. So this is a people's radio being managed by a right-wing dead-set. Uh,
1: neoliberal. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Um, it's like almost like, well, the, I don't think ABC's officially been prioritised but they're sort of like the right is it's almost like they're trying to do some kind of entryism tactic where they get a right wing person in the leadership position and then they implement the neoliberal policies from there.
0: They should just walk out and, and have a, a major strike on the sort of issues. It's ridiculous. They walk in and they cut the, the ABC left, right, and center. So. They're supposed to be a, a media organization mm-hmm. that's funded by the taxpayers. Yep. Why they bring in corporate managers? And,
1: and there's also. Um, there's also uh, Friends of the ABC, which is like a group I think, in, um, that's a, that um, that try uh, organising group to, against um, these cuts at ABC, the new privatisation. That they said that um, there's a si- the, the diversity there's a um, there's a single that they're that they're going to try and attempt to merge the ABC and SBS, which would be uh, ultimately you know lead to be kind of like a slippery slope to privatisation, and of course it would be a cutting of like you know diversity of all the programming that's offered on ABC and SBS (coughs) if they were to go go through that um, path of merging it
0: yeah sorry (coughs) it's just been absolutely disgraceful what they are are doing and um, the culling season says the subplots will be known by the 28th of July we'll Mm. see more, we'll hear more about what this woman's going to do uh, as uh, she delivers her maiden speech not on ABC TV or the Press Club, but at Creative Country, a new limit, news limited conference. At $500 a head, critics will not be there and will struggle to find experts. <laughs> so this is a, a, a blatant infiltration of a, a taxpayer-owned organization um, by a private enterprise representative. Who, who appoints these people? You know, this is made not the board. But the board, and I know they have the Liberal Party members there, but this is the most serious violation, I think, of ABC.
1: Mm. Well, it sounds like it's something that wouldn't, wasn't actually, uh, was, wasn't a democratically kind of made decision <laughs> from the workers um, who work at ABC. Yeah,
0: it's very sad. Anyway, let's hope the, the cats are not going to kill them. But, you know, surely workers have to be sacked as well. If, the, if she carries on in this fashion, it's going to get worse. Mm. It's going to be the usual um, cull, cull, cull back to the, the, the very bone, which means our, the quality of, of the programs be affected and the political direction will be changed as well. I guess we haven't even got to that yet. Never mind, you know, culling programs. Mm. And the fact check is such, a, such an important part of the ABC because they sort out the, the real um, facts of any, any uh, issue that's brought up uh, or figures that are quoted, researchers quoted. They, they check all that as opposed to just... Pulling things out of thin air, like a lot of media people do. Hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, moving on.
1: Um, there's a there's an article, another article in the Green Left um, latest Green Left Weekly is an article um, that's reprinted from. Oh, sorry, that is reprinted from um, the inter, Intercept. Um, is about the TPP. Um, uh, it's, a, it's arguing that you know the TPP, the Trans-Pacific. Um, Partnership Agreement, which is a you know a global kind of trade agreement, um, is not about free trade but corporate profits.
2: Surprise, surprise.
1: Um, but of course, it's um, the they in this article they talk about you know one um one of the, the some of the proposals that you know the TPP um, has gone, which you know one of the um, one of the proposals is involves the invasion expansion of copyrights, which would impose um, anti-competitive costs on economics, um, for existence, um, the, in, in turn, this agreement has been harshly criticised by humanitarian groups such as Doctors Without Borders, which employs thousands of the doctors overseas to offer Medicare to those who cannot afford it because, because, it, um, because it expands monopoly protections and patients for various pharmaceutical drugs. For instance, um, the TPP agreement requires country, the countries who are involved in signing it um, to offer eight years of market exclusivity or five years plus other mechanisms to ensure assure comparable market outcome for a class of um, pharmaceutical products called Biologics. These cutting um, biological manufactured drugs have been used to treat Crohn's disease, arthritis and other condominiums and expanding market excluding means there is less room for competitors to produce cheaper generic drugs to compete. Um, of course um, we do not have a position on TPP of whole. we're not uh anti-trade were humanitarian organisation, says Jodet Rios Sajon, a legal policy writer in New York Some of the provisions in, in the text will also make it difficult to have innovation because they create patient monopolies for big pharmaceutical... Um, of course, the TPP also seeks to, uh, you know, strengthen and extend monopoly um, patents for the entertainment industry. Um, in a victory lap early this year, the Disney CEO Bob Egger, um, wrote to the company employees boasting about the role his company played in expanding the intellectual property provisions in the TPP, oh, which yes. is not really <laughs> a surprise, considering like Disney, dom- how Disney completely and utterly dominates um, the the media and film industry. They pretty much <laughs> own almost every company. They've been clearly buying it, and of course they'll celebrate a you know a trade agreement that essentially. Ensures their dominance even further. (laughs) Yes, yes. And of course, Disney in the past have like you know played a major role in 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 this article. It states that they played a major role in you know lobbying for a 1998 US law that extended copyrights for media creations. um, And and, of course, the TPP seeks to expand on that, establishing a global Mickey Mouse protection regime. Um, U.S. Trade Representative Mickey, Michael Foreman made a trip to the Hollywood in May to remind a trade group that the TPP would require countries to lift their copyright terms to the 70-year standard in the United States. This would be increased from 50 years, the current standard, in many of the countries that are part of the negotiations. And that's where the article finishes here. Yeah. Well, it's um, um,
2: and unfortunately, unfortunately as well, this is the I feel like I feel like this is the consequence of um, uh, of Bernie Sanders pulling essentially, essentially, basically pulling out of the race and dosing dosing Clinton. Now we don't have a strong candidate against the TVP over in over in the United States, and here here in in Australia we still have a. And government will be more and w- more and willing and ha- happy to continue uh, implementing it. Would well, you?
1: I think um, in the case of the United States, interesting enough, um, because of Bernie Sanders' campaign, um, there was actually <laughs> Hillary Clinton um, was on the record as previously supporting the TPP. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess um, it's interesting enough that in recent times, in I think it would have been response to the Bernie Sanders phenomena. Um, that she actually said she opposed the TPP, but now that Bernie Sanders is out of the race, I think it is very unclear, and I think it's very unlikely that she will actually stay true to that claim of opposing the TPP.
2: Oh, certainly, certainly. Yes. Um, moving on, moving on now once again to uh, news, uh, more international news. This time from, from from Latin America. We have an excellent.
1: Um, oh. we have. Well, yep, we have an um, we have an article about um, Latin America um, fa- um, facing a, re- a reactionary tide by Michael Louis. Um, this article goes on to say, you know, since the start of the 20th, uh, first century, the left has won um, elections in most Latin American countries, and a powerful wave of you know popular rejection of the disastrous new liberal politics of previous regimes. And that's actually kind of like a good sort of follow up from you know the TPP. Um, discussion. What yeah,
2: exactly? What 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 you know? Free trade and uh, corporatiz- corporatization of economics and politics can do to your to, can do to your country. We just have to look at the uh, at what the different free trade agreements have done to countries like Argentina, Brazil, Venezuela, mm-hmm. and Bolivia. And, um, Chile, uh, Chile, Chile and Mex- in Mexico in the, in the 1980s yep. and 90s.
1: And, um, in the case of Latin America, Latin America has been resisting against these sort of, um, harsh and, um, economic policies. But Michael Lowy writes in here that, you know, we have to kind of distinguish between the, you know, different sort of, um, left, um, g- sort of left governments that are in, um, in Latin America right now. Um, they, he refers to social liberal, um, coalitions, uh, one type, which do not break with the fundamental Washington consensus, but implement several, um, progressive social, um, measures. Examples of these, um, the left of le- center left governments, are of Brazil, Uruguay, and Chile are probably the most obvious examples mm-hmm. yet there are another sort of type, these are much more revolutionary the anti-oligarchy anti-neoliberal and anti-imperialist governments who set uh, as their historical rise in socialism for the 21st century yes. and you know, Venezuela, Bolivia and Ecuador mm-hmm. belong to this um, category. Yeah.
2: At the same time though I think we have to recognise that this backlash has also taken place within those countries and I've been an eyewitness personal eyewitness to that as well I feel like what, we, what we've actually seen there is that one, one reason has been, uh, you know, very, very difficult economic conditions that those countries have been put uh, under, especially Venezuela, mm-hmm. due to, um, uh, due to the uh, uh, drop, drop in the price of commodities, especially oil, due to sanctions by the United States, due, due to like economic war waged by the bourgeoisie from uh, from within and, you know, due, due to like other forms of interve- intervention. No. But also, uh, on, the, on the other hand side, we have to acknowledge that these these uh, processes of change have forced have, forced, uh, have been have been forced to recognise uh, the weakness their their own, their own weaknesses, um, such uh, and, and their own contradictions. Like they, all of these countries, all of these all of these progressive governments, especially the more radical ones, they arose as a as a result of of massive social movements and as a result of massive. Um, uh, upheavals in the late 90s and early, early thousands. And this was preceded, you know, by decades of fight, of fight back against, uh, the oligarchic and ne- neoliberal elites. Um, and so, because, and, 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 because it's, it's now been, been more than a decade since, since, mm-hmm. since, since all these uh, fight backs, you know, uh, a part of the movement has been slowly sort of withering, uh, withering, uh, away. So mm-hmm. there's been, it has, been, it has been actually been, Difficult to keep up the um, let say keep up so so to speak the political energy and the political uh, or, or, uh, or organization uh, from from the days from the days when 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 these governments first uh, came to power. Uh, and so institutionalizing revolutionary gains has been quite well, uh, challenging as, mm. well as, as well as adv- advancing them further. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, in terms of like some of the gains of it, there's actually also another sort of short article about um, Bolivia um, with a reform, Bolivia becomes more inclusive. Uh, a reform that better, um, it says here, a reform that better represents the nation's indigenous people has been implemented after a constitutional, requ- constitutional request by Bolivia's indigenous people of Yarra Para and the Sura people from the Art Department. Um, Bolivians can now add any cultural identity they want on the back of their ID cards as the Government of e I- Morales continues its efforts to build an inclusive society that better the a- a- Asian um, Indigenous people. Um, of course, the reform also follows a constitutional cruise by Bolivia's Indigenous people of Yucla from the Department of Ch- I don't know how to this.
0: He knows the Spanish stuff.
1: How do you pronounce
2: it? Oh,
1: okay. Oh, sorry.
2: It's
1: Chikisaka. 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 <laughs> Chikisaka. Okay, and the Sura people from Aurora, who both received their IDs, ID cards, including their cultural identities in a formal ceremony with state officials in Lapa. So the reform is now included in Bolivia's constitution. And, of course, in addition to that, in May, the Bolivia, um, Bolivian Congress also approved a law that grants grants transgender people the right to change their name, gender and photo in their government documentation in order to reflect the gender they identify with.
0: Okay, unfortunately I can't get through to anybody on the phone because the lines are down. So That's that okay. goes on to interviews that we've organised. Uh, so
2: I, th- I think we can really blame that on climate change because <laughs> <laughs> the heavy rain outside, the heavy rain outside, the very heavy, heavy but warm rain outside is <laughs> unfortunately damaged. Uh, I think might have damaged our reception. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I think in terms of time we're going, um, we we'll have plenty. Of, there's plenty of news say, to cover. Yeah, I, there's,
0: there's one thing I wanted to talk about is the big gas ban. Um, uh, the front of the earth have put out this uh, information sheet and they're saying that after years of campaigning they were going to revisit this issue and instead of um, this, they started another campaign in June, but instead are having some positive results, what they found is the Minister for Resources, Wade Noonan, um, will decide in August about giving us just a few weeks to uh, make sure our ministers know how important it is to protect our water, health, climate, tourism and farming industry by keeping onshore gas drilling out of our state. So this is a campaign they're starting. So this week they're telling the um, James... Molino, Deputy Premier, that we need a permanent ban so that we, he can <coughs> tell Wade, um, who's the Minister for Resources, um, some of these things. Like last year, a parliamentary inquiry researched the science, the operation of the industry overseas and in other parts of Australia, and consulted with communities that would be affected. Now, the two uh, Labour MPs on the, the committee, Harriet Shing and Sean Lian, came to the conclusion that the only way to protect communities is a total ban on um, on onshore gas and that was very clear the victorian communities have been asking for a ban for the past five years 73 victorian communities have decided to lock the gate (coughs) to this invasive industry to protect our water supply farmland food and climate on average 95 percent of people in surveyed who were surveyed across the, this committee said they want a ban on the on unconventional on, on gas. And farmers cannot coexist with gas fields. Communities are suffering stress and mental health difficulties. They fear losing their farms, their heritage, and their livelihoods. And the community has spoken time and time again. There is no social license for onshore gas in Victoria. It's time to transition to 100% renewable. So this is a a call put out by the Friends of the Earth. So if you wanted to make um, your voice heard, you can call James Molino, who is the Deputy Premier and his number is 03-9754-5401. So if you, uh, want to know more about this, you can actually visit the website, Friends of the Earth, and look up more, more details. Um, and you can also, uh, send a message to James Molino at, um, his, his work, james.merlino, M-E-R-L-I-N-O, at parliament.vic.gov.au. So the, the gas exploration issue is still bubbling away then, quietly, with, with no one noticing as such, or making a statement about it. Mm-hmm. Another contribution to climate change that you mentioned before. Dennis. <laughs>
2: mm, yes, yes, indeed. Mm. Right, well, moving on. Yes, we'll also focus a bit on some more international news there while we have all uh, we have time. There's been a very interesting um, article here written by farooq Tariq from, uh, who's the Awami uh, Workers Party comrade uh, from from Pakistan. Uh, who, wrote, uh, who writes fundamentalism and terrorism is not anti-imperial uh, anti-imperialism See, re- religious terrorism has become one of the major challenges for most Asian countries, particularly in South and West Asia. It has resulted in seemingly non-stop bombings, suicide attacks and other means of t- of terrorism Responsibility for, uh, 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 for many of these barbaric acts was claimed by so-called Islamic State um, yeah. And over the course of the 20th century Islamic fundamentalism has emerged as the most serious threat to democratic values, peace and security in most most Asian countries. In Pakistan, the the menace of terrorism, in particular terrorism of the religious kind, has spread throughout the country. There are people and groups who extend direct or indirect support to the terrorist activities of the Taliban and its ilk in in the name of religion. Violence has become a norm, and religion is routinely used to silence voices of reason and compassion. Society has taken a turn uh, towards the right and um, in, in India, attacks by fanatic Hindu fundamentalists are uh, becoming increasingly common in Muslim minority areas as part of this campaign to spread its reactionary political ideology to all of India, the governing Bharata Janata Party is opposing. Bharata
0: Janata Party. <laughs> Bharata Janata Party. Yes.
2: Yeah. Is promoting, sponsoring communal violence and promoting communal polarization. Um, there are a fascist party. They're Hindu
0: yes. na- nationalist party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, totally right wing.
2: Exactly, yeah. But, uh, and and, and also, uh, also sort of, uh, Fruk um, writes, writes more here the strategy of the NATO forces um, in the region has also not resulted in peace and security in Afghanistan. The influence of the Taliban remains intact, despite the killings of some of its top leaders in U.S. drone, drone strikes. ISIS's spectac- spectacular growth in West Asia has resulted in some of the most barbaric acts of terrorism witnessed in history. ISIS has emerged as the most dangerous religious terrorist organization in the region. Um, the tactical differences among Western countries to dealing with ISIS have resulted... I, in new, con, new contradictions So the Syrian government supported by Russia Is an all-out bombing campaign Reducing to rubble various towns Under ISIS control Despite the fact that the United States And other coalition members have actually um, Opposed Russian, Russian bombardment uh, Previously um, he, uh, uh, it's, it's more it's Extended more piece here But Fuggerhead writes a lot about you know what, exactly, exactly What kind of effect that's um, uh, that you know the emergence of the, of the of the Islamic Fundamentals organizations has has had on immigration and um, on on you know, immigration just how uh, how to deal with it. I'm just I'm just going to finish uh, on uh, on a on few few quotes here. Um, there is just uh, to, just talk, talking about uh, ISIS and the other. Uh, Islamic um, extremist organizations Uh, There is nothing progressive In their ideology They are not anti-imperialist But anti-American and anti-West They must be counted However, however, a military solution to end fundamentalism Has a very limited scope And has long-term negative effects The US way of fighting back The war on terror has failed miserably Despite all the US initiatives of occupations wars and creating democratic alternatives the religious fundamentalists have grown with more force in uh, so so oh, right wing ideas are promoting extreme right wing uh, ideology such as the one we are seeing with the extremist uh, with with the Islam- islamic fundamentalism a mass working class alternative In the shape of trade unions and political parties linked with social movements is the most effective manner to counter religious uh, fundamentalism. There is no shortcut to end uh, end it. There is no military solution. It has to be a political fight with with dramatic reforms in education, health and working realities in most Muslim countries. Starting from nationalization of religious madrasas, it must go on to provide free education, health, residence and transport as the most effective means to to counter fundamentalism.
0: Okay, we'll do a quick break.
2: And
1: activist calendar...
0: Yes, in a minute. Uh, we've got one more interview. The lines are clear. I think one line's clear, so we can get on to it. Sorry, uh, listeners, but we've had some technical difficulties because of the rain, as as um, Dennis mentioned. Oh, it's kind all of kind of part of the uh, plot. <laughs> anyway, we'll do have a quick break, and then now uh, we can get on to the interview as soon as you get somebody, the, the, the Clara on the line. In the meantime, we'll continue with the uh, news items.
1: Green left radio. <laughs>
0: That's Jane's favourite. There you go. So now okay. on to the
1: activist calendar before we go on to our last interview. Yep. Um, on fr- this Friday, for um, t- tonight actually, tonight. there's going to be a film screening of The Empire Ship is Sinking, which will be followed by a discussion on the alternative to imperialist globalisation. It's facilitated by Lynn Cooper and Shirley Winton. It's at 6.30pm for a 7pm start, with the lights up at 6.30pm at Meeting Room 1 at the Trade Tour, which is at the corner of um, Ligon and Victoria Streets, Carlton South, presented by the International League of People's Struggle. And also for other listeners, if you're interested in picking up the latest issue of the Green Left Weekly, there'll be a Green Left Weekly store, um, tonight from 4 to 6pm at the Flinders Street Station. Um, also, um, on, ne- coming up next month, there'll be a form on the, the, the My the Demise of the Left and Towards a Progressive Left Manifesto, um, Professor um, Bill Mitchell will give a talk about his upcoming book, which should discuss the reasoning the, the left has a, uh, abandoned progressive policy positions and increasingly moved towards a neoliberal stance, um, and and it will be happening at 7pm um, at the New International Bookshop at Trades for 54 Victoria Street, Carlton. Um, there'll be a fundraiser um, uh, um, on Sunday night as a Stand Against Racism, this fantastic night of entertainment is brought, proudly brought to you by the Afro Down Under and Flemington and Kensington Community Legal Centre and propelled by the common initiative that we stand together against racism and all forms of discrimination. It's from 7pm to, um, to midnight, $25 entry at the Pole, Pole Bar and Kitchen at 20. 267 Little Collins Street in the city. Um, there'll be a sc- film screening of Jaffrey. I think that's part of the Melbourne International Film Festival. Um, there'll be, it's about a, a, an, an uh, African-Australian man can be found in the middle of Melbourne's busiest intersection standing silently and challenging the beliefs of each of us passing by. This documentary explores the, the man behind the signs as he guides us through his daily life and the intimate moments that have shaped his views on the world and, him, and himself. Um, there will be a pamphlet launch, racism, what it is and how to fight it, um, on on Tuesday, the night of August 630 p.m. at um, the re- at the Resistance Centre, level five, 407 Swanson Street, opposite RMIT. It will be John Tully who speaks about Resistance Books' new pamphlet exploring the historical roots of racism in the slave trade and the Australian white settlement. Um, and, and it's um, presented by Left Weekly, and you can phone 96398622 for more info. And on Thursday, um, 11th August, there'll be a public meeting to support the Kabani War Orphan School. Um, it will be it will be at the trade, the old council chamber Australia, in the Australian tour and it's organised by Australian Security Sam with a five dollar three dollar entry free. Mm.
0: There's one quick announcement I want to make. There's a um, a drumming exhibition um, and a bit of a fundraiser uh, on Saturday night at um, the uh, Kindred Studios. Along Whitehall Street in Footscray, yes, it's um it's going to be absolutely a superb evening. I go every year, and it's a fundraiser for for supporting a Ghanian, uh, group of Ghanaian students, um, putting them through education, uh, and one of them has been supported for several years and is about to graduate. So that's a personal sort of um, um project by one of the leaders of um drumming fraternity, Ray Pereira. So if you're interested Sounds in, in Ghanaian drumming and so on, that'll be an excellent way of spending an evening. And there'll be food, um, Sri Lankan food, that'll be catered for. So it should be um, good.
2: Sounds good. Uh, also, also one, one, one more thing to look out for in the next, uh, well, well, more towards uh, late, late August, is the annual John Cummins fundraiser. I think it's at the 10th annual. Uh, John uh, Cummins, uh, f- fundraiser, it's, uh, held, it's, uh, supported by the, c- by the CFMU, 3CR, uh, a lot of, a whole lot of, uh, other, u- uh, other unions and yes. raising money for, uh, I think this time raising money for the, um, mm, uh They usually
0: f- support the Fred Halls Foundation. Yes. I don't know yes. what they're doing at this yes, time. Yes, exactly. But the, for those who don't, don't know who, who John Cummins was.
2: Or, or Chairman Cummins as he's, as, as he's <laughs> being known in the CFMU.
0: Um, he um was organizer um,
2: he was the organizer with the with the, with the BLF, with, BLF. The, with the Builders Labour uh, Federation over, over here in Victoria. he's yeah. considered a bit, of a, a bit of a legend among the ra- rank, rank and file. That's why he, that's why his face is uh, <laughs> it's on the CFME <laughs> flags that uh, fly uh, fly across the construction uh, yeah, site. with the Eureka flag which with is the Eureka flag, flag yeah. Yeah, together. Yeah. So his um, like you know his legacy kind of li- lives on.
0: Mm. <laughs> and for those who at any point dealing with 3 have come across Marion. Who's our manager Is leaving And tonight There's a um, uh, Drinks um, For for Marion's Going away And I'm forgetting Which, which pub it is I have sorry <laughs> I'll, I'll find out And let you know <laughs> But um, if you want to attend You can also ring the station 94198377 It's tonight mm-hmm. uh, Okay I want to sort of Read out another Couple of um, Bits of news That uh, is not covered By the main media what about Kashmir, and you mentioned um, India before. Mm-hmm. there has been enormous um, uh, problems over in Kashmir for a long long time because the Kashmiris really want to have an independent state so recently, there has been an attack on the on the um, Uh, Kashmiri population so hundreds of students, trade union activists and women's rights groups lawyers and queer groups gathered in Jantaramantar Delhi on the 14th of July wearing black armbands to condemn the violence being unleashed on unarmed civilians in Kashmir they march silently with placards saying 36 civilians dead in four days. Stop the killings now. So there has been a lot of protests and in particular they, they raised the issue that Kashmir is a political issue, cannot be resolved at gunpoint, which is a poignant point to make. The government must initiate dialogue for peaceful um, political solution in Kashmir. And of course the Indian government, as um, Dennis said before, the right-wing Hindutva, Organization. Yeah. Um, they, you know, won't do anything about Kashmir simply because they, they use the excuse of Pakistan, uh, mm. the Muslimization of Kashmir. So it's um, made complicated by the old um, separat- separation of Pakistan from India. But the good thing is that people are marching and they are protesting and the Jawaharlal Nehru University Student Union Vice President Sheila Rashid said that the, unless the government works for a long-term political solution that is in keeping with the wishes of the Kashmir people, such events will keep happening. So there's ongoing protests there, and of course this is one important um, issue up there that is not covered by the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. one is to do with uh, Sri Lanka, a Tamil a, a, a young man um, no woman actually, Santiyogu Anton, a 30-year, it's a man actually, a 30-year-old man was abducted and tortured by Sri Lankan military intelligence on the 29th of June and the armed forces continue to maintain numerous military bases in Tamil areas to seize land for settlers from um, the Sinhalese ethnic majority and ongoing torture like this um, comes up every so often and regardless of such terrible treatment uh, of refugees by the uh, Sri Lankan government, our government in Australia keeps sending uh, refugees back uh, to Sri Lanka, regardless of um, all the bad news that comes through and people being horribly tortured and picked up by, of course, the white man when they feel like it. And um, this case, as as, uh, this um, piece of article says, is far from isolated, illustrates the continuing oppression of Tamils by the Sri Lankan government. The armed forces continue to maintain a presence up north and they have built um, uh, Buddhist temples um, all over the north and um, the the sort of oppression continues. Okay, so there are the the other bits of news that um, uh, has... Been around. That's not covered by the the media. And the TPP is an interesting one because oh, we just
1: talked about that before.
0: <coughs> oh, did you? Oh, good. Okay, yes, we did. that's fine. <laughs> now, you. Why don't you cover any other news that we have to cover? Because I'm going to go and see if I can get this line fixed so we can at least get the interview before we finish up. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Otherwise. Well, from, uh, from 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 Pakistan, India to the to to the Middle East and uh, Palestine, there's been um, has been, uh, once again, there's been a bit, a bit of news coming on the side of the boycott, divestment and sanctions campaign against Israel. Uh, uh, Pul- Pulitzer Prize winners urge release of, uh, of a Palestinian uh, poet, Doreen uh, uh, Tatur, as uh, some of the major literary figures among more than 150 writers urging Israel to release um, her, who has uh, who been under house arrest since January for a poem she wrote. So these guys, these include renowned international novelists, playwrights and poets such as Alice Walker, Edwidge Danticat, F. Enske, um, Jory, uh, Jory Graham, Dave Eggers, among, among others. So Tatur, who is, the, who is a citizen of Israel, um, was arrested in October from her home near Nazareth. She is charged with incitement to violence for a poem she wrote and posted on YouTube. She spent several months in, in jail is enduring five separate interrogations Before being confined uh, To house arrest So she could be facing up to five years in jail According to, to, to her lawyer um, The uh, so The, the writer is uh, basically writing that The Israeli government's actions re- Reveal a desire to silence the tour Part of uh, a larger Pattern of Israeli repression Against uh, all, all, Polis- well, all Palestinians um, I think it's uh, and just uh, just just uh, thinking now a bit, a bit, a bit more about broadly about the, the kind of repression that the Palestinians have been facing in have been facing in areas not just not uh, not, just, not just not just Gaza but also West uh, West Bank and and Israel and the assassinations of uh, Palestinians particularly particularly Palestinian children. Uh, at, the hen- at the hands of the Israeli Defense Forces, I think, I think we've, uh, we've, we've I think, I think that we've seen um, quite a few parallels between between those and the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, mov- mov- movement as well, like this, um, this sort of systematic systematic repression and assassination of uh, of the of the members uh, of, bo- of both communities. And there's also been, uh, we've noticed that there's also been enormous solidarity going from the uh, well, back and forth, uh, from the Black Lives Matter protests going, solidarity going to the um, the Palestinian solidarity movement, and from the Palestinian solidarity movement to uh, the, to the Black Lives Matter. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, while uh, there's while there's uh, while there is a uh, Solidarity between the movements. Unfortunately, there's also solidarity between there's no, there's a lot of solidarity, so-called solidarity between the governments of the United States and the governments of Israel, uh, since they both seem to use um, uh, they, they they both seem to use uh, very uh, very similar repressive not just very similar repressive methods but also um, uh, the kind of uh, the kind of equipment and, and weapons. So a lot of the a lot of the uh, say uh, um techniques that the police have employed against the African uh, African American communities uh, in the, in in the United States um, and the kind of uh, stuff that they've used the, uh, the kind of um, tear gas that they've used against the black lives matter protests uh, has previously been tested so it of, has previously been t- been tested against uh, against the pol- against the uh, the, pol- the, pol- the Palestinians in the West Bank and against the protesters uh, uh In uh, in uh, in uh, in Israel, when uh, when, try, when trying to so when when trying to pacify any uh, you know any opposition to the to the Israeli government. Hmm. At the same t- at the same time though, at the same at the same time though, we've seen that. Um, uh, at same time, sorry, some good some good, uh, final piece, piece of good news one of the other uh, musicians Farrell williams has decided to cancel uh, a gig a gig in israel next to the cultural uh, boycotts uh, as part of, as part of, uh, part of the b t um, uh, s and uh it's bit of, a, as sort of an, another, another victory to make sure that you know, musicians, m- m- musicians, actors, directors, and, the, and other cultural figures, artists, don't, uh, don't, do not uh, come to Israel while it keeps occupying and illegally stealing Palestinian land.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that goes on. Anyway, we have a quick interview with Carla from Brisbane on the issue... Uh, of not Brisbane, can't, can't sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. So, hello. Welcome to 3CR, Carla. Hi. Uh,
1: um, so we have Carla on the line here to talk about because um, um, the de- the campaign to decriminalise abortion yes. in Queensland. Um, so Carla, because we're this is a, a program in Victoria, what can you what can you tell us all sort of about the background um, to this um, decriminalisation sort of campaign? And, and
0: you've got ten minutes.
4: <laughs> okay. Look, um, you may be aware that Queensland and New South Wales are the only two remaining states in Australia that have. Not um, liberalize their laws in regard to abortion, uh, certainly we do look to Victoria, Tasmania, and the ACT, who are the only jurisdictions that have decriminalized abortion, all the other states. Um, have amended um, to make abortion um, legal in certain instances. But we, um, in Queensland, and we understand from Maureen Faruqi, the Greens um, parliamentarian in New South Wales, who's also got a private member's bill before Parliament, is that um, both in Queensland and New South Wales, we would like to achieve decriminalisation of abortion. Abortion still exists in our Crimes Act in the two states.
0: And it was a proud members' bill put forward by Rob Hine, wasn't it?
4: Yes, and this this was an opportunity for us because um, decriminalising abortion has been Labor Party policy in Queensland for many, many years and it gets um, voted on again at, at Labor Party conferences and um, within Labor Women there has been a campaign to try and bring it forward, but it's never seen the light of day in Cabinet and, in, and on the floor of the Parliament. So there's never been a discussion in Queensland Parliament and it was until Rob Pine our local member in Cairns left the Labor Party earlier this year that he was prepared to put it forward as a private members bill and we're glad to say that it has received support from the government um, and there was a, a, a slim majority that voted to accept the bill and to refer it to the Health Committee um, with the terms of reference to investigate and have public hearings and it's coming back to Parliament at the end of August for a second reading and to be voted on again.
0: Mm. And what sort of public support does this issue have up in Cairns, Carla?
4: Yes, look, it's interesting and and the actual queensland wide campaign is very much being driven from Cairns, although we do have a lot of support in Brisbane as well. But I think it's because there was a most recently a prosecution occurred in Cairns under this um, you know nineteenth century legislation, and that was in two thousand and nine when a Cairns couple were charged, and had a terrible ordeal for 18 months until that case went to trial and had to endure a two-day trial. Luckily, the jury found them not guilty within a very short time. It was only less than 40 minutes for the jury to return that verdict. So these laws are not enforceable today. Juries and judges won't convict. But the threat of prosecution against doctors, against women still remains and that's why we want to get them off the books. But that's why the Cairns community is so mobilised. We had a campaign group in Cairns active in 2009 and 2010 um, around these issues and we have continued to organise and agitate for change so as soon as Rob Pine was willing to put forward this bill we've been having public meetings and discussions and actions to um, move this forward.
0: Mm, Point of curiosity, given that Hanson's won the Senate uh, position there, any right-wing opposition to this issue?
4: Interestingly, I mean, of course, and we've seen um, very um, right-wing Christian conservative views around um, safe schools, around equal marriage, and it's the same around abortion. Um, The Health Committee asked for public submissions, and there was over a 1,000, and um, certainly more than half of those uh, come from the religious right. Um, But... Interestingly, in the public hearings, as those views get put, the committee is um, very rigorously testing those views, and if people put forward views just based on um, faith or their belief in God, that doesn't make good public policy or legislation and um, certainly their their research in inverted commas that they put forward has been found to be fabrication for example post abortion syndrome um, that they talk about has found to be an invention of the US anti-choice movement and has no basis in psychology or psychiatry or any diagnostic um, (laughs) syndrome.
0: (laughs) Or science at all. I've never heard of it. I've been nursing for 40 years never heard of it
4: so and so within the medical field the great thing we have the support of the queensland ama we have the support of the royal australian college of obstetricians and gynecologists we have the support of very many um, doctors and nurses within queensland so we have even though there has been opposition it it has um it's at the moment. It's not carrying the the argument, and and um, we're, fear, we're we're very hopeful at the moment.
0: Mm, sounds exciting. And um, when will it be uh, concluded? You reckon it's, it's been yes. referred to a committee. You said. It's,
4: yes. So there's um, two more dates of public hearings in Brisbane on the first and second of August. Um, Those, um, All of the transcripts for the hearings are available on the parliamentary website, as are the submissions. And I'd encourage people, you know, if they're interested in women's rights and women's reproductive rights, it's Mm. interesting to have a look at the debate and discussion, but it will go back to Parliament on August 26. It may may still take some time from then because people have, have the right to put forward amendments to the bill. We're hoping we'll still achieve... Um, full de- decriminalisation. We may end up with a situation very similar to Victoria, where after 24 weeks a woman needs the permission of two doctors. Um, there's, you know, but we. Um, so uh, it may. We're we're hoping we'll get significant change in Queensland. Whatever we achieve will will be quite a step forward from where we are now.
0: Mm, given the way the politics in Queensland's panning out.
4: Yes, um, and look it's, and our, we don 't care It'll, I imagine it will go with a very slim majority today. You know a lot of the votes have been just the the fifty one percent, but that 's enough to um get uh, it across the line
0: the thing is fifty one percent is fifty one percent you can 't yeah. argue with that, and given that you 've got people like not just Hanson, but christensen up there too the the right wing that Joby occupers and left behind that that still remains, which is uh, quite an influence, interestingly enough. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Carla, and I'm sorry to, to have rushed to you, but we've had enormous technical problems here today. So no,
4: that's fine. I, we'll it, it's great to be talking to Victorians. You've achieved this <laughs> and we're, we're nearly there. We're yeah. getting closer.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Carla.
4: Thank you very okay. much. Okay, bye. bye.
0: Okay, so um, firstly a big apology, or just before we leave, a big apology to listeners because we couldn't get through to another interview that we had wanted to go mm. get to because of the... Rain and I don't
1: know. So I, I guess none of the phone lines are working except because of the rain. Is that right? No, just
0: the mobile phones. You can't ring out. Yeah. So they have to. I asked, Carla to ring in. That, yeah. That's how we got the the thing. Next time I'll know to use the trick. So a big apology to, to listeners. I hope you you enjoyed the news round that we had between Dennis and Jacob, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> we shall see you. Next week, but before that, we have to thank Hope Mutambu who was um, available first thing uh, earlier Mm -hmm. on to talk about racism and, of course, Carla. And um, have a good week. Good week.
1: This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Greenleaf Radio is brought to you by the Greenleaf Weekly newspaper. Greenleft Weekly provides a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment first. If you would like to subscribe to Greenleft Weekly and get it delivered to your door, you can do so by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. Thank you for listening. You are tuned to 3CR Community Radio 855 Digital on the AM dial and streaming live on 3cr.org.au.